There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 8 of The Expanse and Episode 3 of The Magicians. I'm pretty excited. (laughs) You always find news for us, and it looks like there's no news this week. Yeah, I wasn't able to pull a rabbit out of my hat this time and come up with something. (laughs) That's okay. You have found some really incredible ones. Um, although Steve did find for, oh, what was it? The new show that we talked about, Winona Earp. Yeah, he did that's right. Find, they released the trailer. So we're putting that up on fangirlzone.com. So make sure you check that out because it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. And it gives you uh, a really good idea of what it's going to be. Because just talking about it, I thought it was going to sound, it was sounding pretty cool, but I wasn't sure really what to expect. Right. And that just made it look really good. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big gun she has. Yes. (laughs) I love when she tries to twirl. (laughs) Yeah, I got this. (laughs) At least she didn't shoot her foot or something. Yeah. All right, so we're going to jump into first episode eight of The Expanse. And side note, uh, the next episode that we do for a sci-fi talk is actually going to be the finale of Expanse, and we are both pretty psyched about that. And we're going to try to keep it to just, you know, an hour. It's going to be really difficult, but that's why we're going to try to keep this short. So I will stop talking about the future (laughs) and talk about the now. Episode eight, Salvage. The crew of the... Rossinati. Dang it. Why do I always say the, the ship wrong? Crew of the Rossi discovers a derelict vessel holding a secret that may destroy humankind. Holden and crew are led to Eros, where they finally cross paths with Miller, only to make a horrifying discovery. On Earth, Avasalara receives devastating news. So, why can't I say the ship right? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Rossinati. It's not that hard, except I guess when I try to say it fast, I'm like, (laughs) all right. So so uh, used to calling it Rossi that when you try to say the whole thing, you go, oh, 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 oh. So where shall we start? Well, let's start with Miller and his trip to Eros, shall we? I still love Miller and kind of wish that we got more of him, I guess. Yeah, there wasn't. A whole lot of him, but what we had was awesome. Yes. We see him on the um, transit ferry on his way, and a gentleman across from him notices that he seems to be a little uncomfortable and fidgety (laughs) and asks him if it's his first trip, which, surprise, surprise, it is. Isn't it kind of funny? It just reminds you of being on a plane anyway. There's always somebody who wants to talk to somebody else who doesn't. (laughs) It turns out that this gentleman who decided to chat up Miller 
was part of the what were they called? basically the outer space mormons <laughs> yeah <laughs> the mormons that are going to take this hundred year journey to the promised planet <laughs> yeah that's kind of interesting uh, the way they were describing. And actually, we got a little more information about what this is from this one particular uh, guy. And since I wasn't sure if this is supposed to play in more, which actually I think it's going to play more into season two, I thought it was nice that they're giving it to us now, giving us what, you know, the, these uh, Mormons are expecting on their flight, because I was thinking it was going to be kind of um, over the top religious talk. And right. the guy was just being really, well, first, he was just being really nice and straightforward. He's like, you know, when Miller was asking him, what are you going to do if you get there and there's nothing there? And he's like, well, because you can't come back. Right. And he's like, we keep going, which kind of threw me because I wasn't expecting, you know, just like, well, if it happens, it happens kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So... This guy's looking at it with uh, open eyes. Right. And he doesn't seem to be, uh, what's, I guess, fanatical. Right. The best. He was just kind of really, <laughs> well, down to earth, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of a wrong state, down to space. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> and I love that he's just, you know, telling telling Miller, okay, well, I've been doing, you know, trips what, once a month just yeah. to try to try to get used to it. and. Miller seemed really just not wanting to talk. No, but he did not want to talk at all to this guy. I, I honestly am, am chalking that up to more of him just being nervous, even though he, they don't seem to be running into, like, turbulence like we do on flights. Because let me tell you, the first time I took a flight, I was so freaked out. <laughs> I'm sure it's kind of the same thing for Miller. but Right. Yes, he was very uncomfortable. But I thought it was uh, interesting to learn. And, and you got a little bit more from Miller, too, than I expected. Yes. And it was curious. It was interesting. You know, the Mormon makes a statement that uh, truth, faith is a great risk. And that kind of hit Miller a little bit because he realizes his own journey to Eros to find Julie is based on faith. Yeah, and you see the uh, kind of see the gears uh turning in his head thinking, well, maybe this Mormon's got the right idea to get the hello out of Dodge before uh, all hell breaks loose between Mars, Earth, and the Belters. That's true. I didn't even think about it that way. If they're trying to, you know, look for their promised planet and it's more to get away from the uh, the back and forth that's happening between Earth, Mars, and the Belters because... Maybe they have a little bit of foresight of what's happening, even mm -hmm. though it's not, you know, anybody within the organization, so to speak, that that knows. But I mean, enough people can kind of see the writing on the wall. Indeed. So. Oh, my gosh. So it wasn't too bad of a flight for him, I would think. No, but it went horribly wrong once he got to the station. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's very, very, very true. When he meets up with them. Oh, yeah. Our little friend from Orphan Black? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. I I want to know more about their relationship, too. Which we did start getting more, but not Ever as much so as I briefly. Wanted. Yes. <laughs> Ever oh so God. briefly. Miller's and still didn't want to talk. He never wants to talk. No. So, but yeah, Miller I don't know. beats the crap out of uh, a guy to uh, <laughs> find out that Anubis 1A is uh, registered to a Lionel Polanski. Why does that name sound familiar to me? Because that's who 
the Rossi is supposed to be picking up for Johnson. Ah. So. Why do I feel like it's a no- oh Roman Plansky is why I'm feeling right. like I'm in the <laughs> now kind of place because I'm like what is why does that name sound so familiar? But I feel like there's something else to it like they're pulling it out of other than just Roman Plansky like it's something now has it ever been used that you know of as kind of like um a code name for anything? No, I've never. Seen- <laughs> You know what? I'm going to have to Number look that up one. before next up, our next episode. I feel like, I almost feel like it's a historic thing. Like somewhere it was used, or maybe I'm just like projecting. <laughs> Could be either one. <laughs> Could be both. <laughs> it's probably something like completely different. I'm like, no, 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 yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So I love that his friend had to pretty much bail him out of jail too. Yes. He's in space jail. Everything's space something now. That's how I'm feeling today. But anyway, uh, so he gets them out of jail and they go for burritos. Yeah, breakfast burritos. <laughs> I loved it. Like, because I'm, we've seen him eating, which was it basically like ramen. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny because I just kind of attribute that to a lot of other movies like you see that that was futuristic settings blade runner uh the show almost human like every time they sat down they were eating like ramen soup noodles everywhere which i thought it was great that you've seen that in this show but i i'm kind of feeling like that was a staple and so when he sits down he's like oh i want a burrito i'm like they have burritos in the future i feel a little better that burritos will still be around (laughs) yeah food I have a really good relationship with food, which is really bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, sorry. Now, when we when we see Eros, it's like, wow, what a dump this place is. Oh, yeah. It's a huge change even from, you know, where Miller was coming from, because I totally blanked on where he came from. Searches. Thank you. And, you know, they were saying how crappy that was. And then we get to, uh, yeah, Eros, and it's like, whoa, this looks like it's the garbage dump of, you know, the Belter land right now. Right. Eros happens to be the second largest near-Earth asteroid, which was discovered by Carl Gustav Witt in 1898. I love that you have the history happening. Its orbit crosses the orbit of Mars and was the first asteroid known to do so. Hmm. Yeah, I wondered what it was supposed to, you know, be. Was it really they were mining it and then turned it into like a colony? Or they just used it as not a colony, but like, I guess, an outpost? Yeah, basically a, a small station on it. Okay, which but looked like it was actually inside of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I'm like, wait, it was actually in it, right? It wasn't just kind of hanging on the outside. No, it was inside. It, it looked very strange. Yeah. But it it was still pretty cool, like thinking, okay, is this something that's going to be available to us in the future? That You know, it's not just like we're going to be on planets. We're going to actually be living on asteroids and, and stuff like that. Right. I think it's kind of cool. And we'll see. Well, no, we won't actually see because we won't be around at that point. But (laughs) time will tell what happens. Maybe somebody will listen to this 
far off in the future and and can just be like, oh, yeah, it happened. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no brain power. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, on arrows when um, uh, Miller's contact. Why am I forgetting his name again? You just said it. Kevin Hanchard is Kevin. the actor's name. Oh, um, he, you know, it, it, he knew that Miller was going to try to get him to help him. Right. And he was doing it basically under the table. Yes. Cause he didn't want to get in trouble. Cause he really kind of like Miller was not really the law. <laughs> Apparently well, I they that w- brought in oh, a whole bunch of, uh, thugs and made them the, um, security, uh, detail. I thought arrows. that was kind of funny because they do say that, like, he is a cop, but there's a security force. Right. And it seems like the security force is higher than the cops are. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was kind of strange. Yes. But we find out information later, of course. <laughs> Everything comes later. Nothing's immediate in this show. Well. Um, <laughs> okay, some things, but not... A majority of them. Right. We found out that the hat was not Miller's to begin with. Yes. And apparently that was given to him to try to have him remember, you know, why he got into the police business. Right. Keep him on the straight and narrow, so to Mm -hmm. speak. So I thought that was interesting. Although at this point he doesn't have the hat. Right. (laughs) So it doesn't help. No, no, not at all. Uh, let me see what else. Oh, and uh, we got a lead on Miss Julie Mao. Yes, we did. A.K.A., which we find out, Polanski. I can't say the first name because I'm going to screw up and say the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did. Lionel. I had to stop myself. <laughs> Lytle. Why don't I have this written down? I should have paper right next to me so I can write notes. Um. Anyway... <laughs> So she apparently is holed up in what they're calling a flop house. Yes, the Blue Falcon Hotel. <laughs> Which I'm just like, the Blue Falcon? What, <laughs> is Dino Mutt there? Yeah. Yes, we're going back a bit, way back. Uh, and Miller, like, really about lost his shit. Because he's like, well, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Takes off running to go find, find Julie Mao. It just, it's so strange that he's so obsessed with her. Yes, it is. I'm not sure why. I guess it's, you know, the more he got to see her on the videos that I guess he kind of gained some respect for. That's true, because she wasn't just the damsel in distress. She was kind of badass. Yeah. And I think you pointed this out last episode that, you know, he may have been falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So he's off and running and looking for Julie. So it kind of brings us to the next group of people that we find. Yes, the crew of the Rossi. Yes. I'm so excited that, you know, we got to see more of them, too. I know they're like our main focus, but when they're not on screen, I'm just like, why aren't you on screen? (laughs) So the Rossi ends up at this asteroid that seemed to be completely dead. Well, I mean, there was nothing there. Right. And they thought they, they had information. to find a ship, and at first they didn't find one, and then Naomi notices something. Was it Naomi? I thought it was Alex. 
I thought he's the one who caught something by using like a scanner. Oh no, because he finds like a drone later to use. Right. Uh, yeah, a very interesting parking job. Yes. And I'm I was stumped how the heck they were able to maneuver this ship into it. But it turns out they by looking at it, and I can't remember which of them said it. It's one of our crew, and they were like, "Wait, that's the ship that attacked the Canterbury." Yes. And they're like, why? There's no life signs. There's nothing. I don't understand. Yeah, the doors have been blown off, everything. Which just seems crazy. <laughs> you know, why would somebody blow the doors? So they decide to go over. And we still have our little spy guy on, on board who just pisses me off to know him. <laughs> I hate him. And I just yes. want to punch him. Anyway, so they go and they go over and we have um, the, the helmet cams. Yes. And I think you're the one who tweeted it. I don't remember who tweeted it. That the cam camera on the Rossi or the video feed, I'm sorry, from that guy, it actually said Canary. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I, I don't remember again which of them said it. It's like, what are you using me, using him like a canary in a mine shaft? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it totally it cracked me up that it was on the screens. Right. <laughs> And I'm like, that's funny and horrible, but I love it. <laughs> it's like, forget it. You suck anyway. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so annoying. So they get to wander around and they find, a, what was it? Um, let's say a bodysuit. <laughs> yeah, it was a outfit that from somebody on the Scorpily. Yes. And uh, they they see different things. You know, there's blood here and there that they see. They see that uh, one of the... Well, which turns out to be where Julie Mao was, mm -hmm. which I guess was like um, a holding cell. I don't even think it was a holding cell. <laughs> I, I was, was thinking it like looked the, like luggage. Yeah, garbage. <laughs> but she like, you know, that somebody was in there and that they forced their way out. And they're looking, they're like, okay, the power's down. What's going on? So they sent Amos and I'm going to call him our canary yeah. to find, to find the, uh, the main, what was it, the main love. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so bad with words. I think I need like a brain boost. I don't know. Uh, I need to go for brain training. Uh, so the bridge and then they go looking for engineering. Yes. I guess. And it's really, again, interesting. Some of the stuff that we start finding. So shall we go bridge or engineering first? Let's go bridge first. Okay. So on the bridge, Amos is finding... Uh, information. He's able to turn the lights on for them because they don't know why everything's off. And while this is going on too, by the way, uh, Alex had sent in the drone and it's searching different areas of the ship too, right. making sure there's not anybody hiding out, which of course <laughs> nobody is because they blew all the doors and there's like no oxygen. So I don't think anybody's too keen on hiding out where there's no oxygen. So uh, they're up there and they find a safe and they're trying to figure out how to get this out. And you have Mr. Canary... And Amos, like, sitting here trying to do this and that. Okay, let's find the logs. Let's find this. And all of a sudden, and this is horrible, but Amos is like, oh, it's the Anubis. And the guy's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Anubis. And so our canary spells it. And Amos is like, yeah. He goes, it's Anubis. <laughs> I thought Amos was going to shoot him. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. He just felt very angry right there. It's like, don't tell me what to say. 
we have Holden and Naomi in, in the core, basically. Right. And she sees that everything was shut down properly, so she has no idea what's going on. Yeah, doesn't make any sense to her. Right. So tells Amos, go ahead and fire it up. But they see that the core looks really weird. Yeah, covered in something. Right. And I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. It almost looks like a weird lava flow that had kind of, like, hardened. Mm-hmm. It was just odd. Yes, very odd. Yeah, so they they kind of decide, let's go closer. And again, it was like a horror movie, was it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm like, no, don't go closer. Yeah, don't, don't, I, no. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I don't want you to go closer to it. And, of course, they start creeping out. And, and uh, with the power on, whatever the heck is on the ship, because we still don't know what the heck it is. No. It's, is, it's moving. It's glowing. Up. <laughs> yeah. And, uh I don't know how I felt about that, but we had uh, them getting just a little bit closer. And Naomi is like, I, I think she's the one who actually seen it move, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, hold on, we got to go. Now. And he, I don't, he, I don't even think he looked back, did he? Like, no. I'm blanking. <laughs> he just told, he's like, okay, let's go. Yep. <laughs> and she's yelling at Amos, turn everything off because I don't know if she had an idea of what it could be or just, it was just so wrong. Yeah, well, she realized that, you know, something was wrong because the power, you know, everything was shut down properly. Mm-hmm. And so when Amos got the power back on and this thing started glowing and moving, it's not hard to put two and four together two and, and get three. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So Amos has the uh, the safe, which I want to know what's inside, but I'm also worried about what could be inside. Yes, and uh, they pretty much managed to all get the heck out of Dodge. Yes, but they before they leave, they make sure they nuke that thing good. Yes, yes, because Naomi's like, I don't know what it is. It could be a weapon, and it did. She said she had like, man, was it malevolent feelings like yes. coming from it? Yes, and so I think it was a really good idea because all of them were pretty. Even even uh, our our canary was in agreement. Like, yeah, let's blow that crap. <laughs> Because I think he even realized, even though he didn't know everything, that something is really off here. Yes. So, yeah. This was something that nobody was expecting. No. And it can't be good. Right, right. It's not just like, oh, this is something totally normal or just a weapon. This seemed very just wrong and it's spreading everywhere. So they had to go through a little decontamination because Alex is like, you guys aren't coming back on without going through that. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I was still freaked out and worried that something could be attached to one of them. Mm-hmm. Very possible. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> so thankfully, thankfully, they're back on the ship and everything's fine. And so they basically haul ass to Eros. And I love that they blew the crap out of the Anubis. And hopefully that takes care of whatever it was on the ship. Yes. I think so. So our crew finally gets to Eros, and we have some uh, interesting things happen to them, of course, because they find out, and I think it's through the spy, right? Mm-hmm. Where Julie Mao, a.k.a. Lionel Polanski, is is uh, holed up right now. Right. So they head to the Fop House, and all I'm thinking is, okay, they're on the way there, and you have Miller on the way. Okay, they're finally going to meet what is going to happen. Right. And you knew it wasn't going to be good because the canary sent them. 
Right. So you knew that he was going to do something to cause all kinds of trouble. And that's when, when they get outside, you see his little Wi-Fi kick on. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like sending a message, which is really weird to be able to do all that without doing anything. Right. It's like, I, don't, you know, not moving a hand. It's like he's typing with his brain or something. Because, yeah, just like he sends the message that the police won't respond. Uh, he's because they're looking for Holden. So Holden's right. there. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really strange the things that start happening because they go inside and it's pretty much like a hotel, but like a cheap hotel, I guess. Yes. And so they're, they're like finding out where Lionel is. Yeah. What room he's right. in. Which, of course, our canary decides to send that to whoever. Because we don't know who he's sending the information to still. Right. And all these people start coming in. But I know something's going to happen. Right. But at the same time, when you see these people come in and they're sitting down, whatever, you just think, okay, these are just people in the hotel. Right. And then uh, it's not. (laughs) No. We have a little, you know, like gunfight at the OK Corral happening. Exactly. Oh, my God. So there was a lot of shooting. And... Amos is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is as good. Right. I would have thought Alex at least would have been pretty good since he was in the Navy. Yeah, you would think he would have been a better shot than he was. Right. <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't you have been a little better trained? Alex, donkey balls. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted him to say that when like, he missed. <laughs> he was pinned down. I wanted him to say something smart. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, as far as we know, Naomi really isn't anything other than smart. Yeah, but I felt like she should have been a better is. shot. Yeah, I just felt like she should have been a better shot. But whatever, it didn't happen. Right. So huge shootout. Our guys come out on top. But... On top with the help of Miller suddenly. Yes, they wouldn't have survived without Miller coming in at the last minute and just kicking butt ever which way to Sunday. Yes, which I did enjoy Miller, you know, taking care of business. (laughs) So he, uh, I I love it because he recognized Holden's face because obviously it was all over. Cersei, yes. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, trouble just follows you around kid (laughs) and uh, you know our guys are explaining why they're there and he's like well that's where i'm going and and he starts walking away and our guys are like what the hell what you know how are you just leaving what's going on (laughs) so they all go up and of course nobody knows what to expect because what if there's another ambush upstairs Exactly. Because somebody starts to come out of the room and Amos, was it Amos or Alex? I can't remember which one. It's like, no, 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 go back inside. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, back it up. (laughs) (laughs) They break into Julie's room. And again, I was expecting some kind of ambush and there wasn't. Right. But the place was like, looked like it was totally ransacked. Yes. And it's Naomi, wasn't it? That figured out what happened. Mm -hmm. Because... The stuff, once again, what looked like was damaged was actually stuff being powered down. Right. The Naomi is so smart, and I don't know why the guys don't listen to her more often. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they figured it all out, and they smelled something, which I assumed at first that it's supposed to be like a flophouse smell. Right. But they go into the bathroom, and that's not the case. No. And you see Julie Mao, 
and she's kind of in crystallized spider web looking thing. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah, she's got growths on her body and coming out her mouth. That was like a big crystal coming out right. of her mouth. Yeah, it was crystal, which was different than everything else we've seen. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And Miller went to touch her, and the guys at least are like, no, 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 don't touch her. Yeah, don't touch anything. And I... I felt bad for Miller. I mean, I felt horrible for Julie. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But I felt really bad for Miller because he looked just heartbroken that he could not get to her. In time to save her. Right. So I felt bad. Yes. And you hear him softly speak, Julie. Oh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty much where we end. Yes, that was the ending of the episode. And you go, what? Well, it had to stop somewhere. (laughs) So is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with this episode that we may have missed? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Abisarala. Yes. (laughs) How did I forget about her? I really like her. Uh, Yes, she did receive really bad news, which was her friend who, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name because it's from a couple episodes back, uh, who was the former Mars ambassador. Right. Had killed himself. Yes, taken his own life. Which I'm automatically thinking that it wasn't true, that he was murdered, maybe. It was (laughs) set up to look like a suicide. Right. I don't know. I just don't trust any of them anymore. So Yes, especially uh Avasarala's boss. He seen he seems to be more and more scummy as each episode yes. progresses. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Cause really I was thinking it was just me, like, okay, maybe I just don't trust him, but I'm glad that you said it. So I'm not the only one. No, you're not the okay, only good. one. I I didn't like the looks of him when we first met him and he did look Weasley. Yes. And, and I don't mean like a Weasley. <laughs> and so far, you know, avasarala has been giving, getting her, getting him answers and he's kind of ignoring them and doing his own thing. And you go, mm, something else is up here. Yes. Ugh. Anyway. All right. So I think that pretty much concludes everything with episode eight of The Expanse. Yes. And now we and move into episode three of The Magicians. Yay. Whole other feel. Yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> All right. Go Con- ahead and give them the, the wrap up. Consequences of advanced spell casting. Quentin and Julia have an unexpected and volatile reunion. Penny is overwhelmed by the power of his own psychic abilities, and Alice is determined to find out what happened to her missing brother at any cost. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And in a nutshell, that tells you all you need to know. (laughs) It really does. Yes. Because it's just so much. Um, This one they also had, wait, yeah. I'm like, wait, is that the right episode? I'm getting so confused with episode numbers. They were each tested, right, to find out what their power was? Yes. Okay. So uh, some stuff happens, and and this is when they're all kind of sorted in houses. Right. And uh, um, it's kind of funny because we have Quentin and Alice. Basically, we're, we're shown Quentin, Alice, and Penny. We're not shown any of the other ones. Right. But mostly we see Quentin and Alice in their test. Actually, did we... We didn't even see Penny's test. We just seen the outcome. Right. Quentin and Alice. Um, oh my gosh, who was it? The 
Oh God, I'm blanking. The the one who was supposed to wipe Quentin right. was the one who tested Quentin. Yes. Right. And he didn't really have a specialty. Right. <laughs> and it's horribly horrible and funny at the same time that he's like the way he describes himself. He's a nothing mancer. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's sad. And Alice is, um, and I, I'm going to screw that up because I don't remember what she was, but she can like bend light, which right. I thought was really cool. Yes. Yeah, that was cool that she was able to do that. A but it makes them. Mancy. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get that right. But it makes them like the physical kids. Well, it makes her one of the physical kids. So they're supposed to be in the physical house. Right. And, you know, when he, they're talking and, and Quentin's like, you know, I have nothing. And she's like, well, why are you in here? He's like, they literally had so much space. That's the only place I can go. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, okay. So you really aren't anything. Okay. Yeah. She seemed a little uncomfortable because she didn't know what to say to him. <laughs> like she doesn't seem, and I, this sounds bad. It, it just doesn't seem like she's the most personable person. No, she's like, almost as socially as awkward as Quentin is. Yeah. Almost, not quite, but almost. Right. And um, so they have to let themselves into the house because I love it. It's like, okay, physical kids, let yourself in. Right. Figure out how to get in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it turns out because they're like, okay, open the door. It's like, oh, we can't open the door. door. So then they try to do the little unlock thing. And, you know, of course, it's not that easy. No. So, <laughs> and it's kind of funny because they're sitting there just staring at the door. I love that they're just staring at the door like it's going to suddenly open, open. like somebody's going to be like, I'm just kidding. Come on in. Right. Uh, but Quentin actually figures it out. Yes. So I feel like Quentin is, and I have no idea how he would fall because so far we've seen him be able to like remember and mimic everything he's seen. Yes. So I, it's almost like he's a brain mage. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making shit up as I go. Um, but like he's able to see it once and do it. So it, I feel like there's got to be something like that. And we just haven't, you know, they haven't talked about it yet. Right. He figures out, okay, Alice, you can bend light, bend the light and like burn the hell out of the door let it, to get us in. Mm -hmm. So they go in and we have our, you know, our crew inside who is just like, oh, finally, I'm so hungry. Let's go eat and drink, which they're funny. They, they seem like a really good and kind of laid back group of people mm -hmm. that are always having fun, but in the now. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Very much so. And you have Alice who very much wants to find out what's going on with what happened to her brother. Yes, she does, has not let that go, even though the first attempt went horribly wrong. She's still moving down those tracks. Well, she's finding the wrong way, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And it's kind of scary because it could be really bad. And Quentin's trying to help because... I think he just wants a friend and somebody who's more like him, I guess. And, yeah, he's and... still just trying to fit in. Yeah. Quentin's trying to fit in and make what friends he can. Alice is just trying to find her brother. And things kind of go awry. Just a little bit. Again. As always. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, we're only three episodes in and I feel like, as always, again, uh, we have Alice who finally breaks down to ask, Margot, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, if she knows anything. And it's all because Quentin's like, listen, her expertise is gossip. She'll know something. <laughs> and um, a quick shout out because Margot is wearing Kixie thigh highs, 
which is a brand that's totally awesome. And any woman who, okay, rewind. Any anybody who wants to wear thigh highs doesn't have to be women. Um, I highly recommend them. So, Kixie thigh highs. Anyway, moving on. You know, she does have some information of one person that she knows of who left, who was in the same year as Alice's brother. Right. And so they're like, well, why would she leave and just totally forget, not forget about magic, but just stop? Like it didn't exist because it's something that none of them have done as we see later with, you know, Julia who like couldn't forget it. And it just seems really strange to them. So they go to talk to her and, oh, it was really sad. Yes. It turns out that this girl was in love with Alice's brother and they had, did she actually say they were together? No, she was actually dating a professor. Oh, it was a professor. Yes. I thought it was her. Okay. I thought it was Alice's brother. No, it was the professor. And so she decided to create, try to create a spell that would make her more beautiful. And it went horribly wrong and did not actually did the opposite. Charlie tried to help her. Unfortunately. And he started doing, yeah, it was like crazy magic he was throwing together. Yeah. And it got away from him and turned him into a niffin. What is that supposed to be? Just like an energy that's in like a different plane? I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. That's why I'm like, I, I couldn't quite figure out what that was supposed to be. Because, of course, you know, Quentin is going to help Alice because I think he sees himself. Like you were saying, like, they're kind of like mirrors to each other. Right. But Alice doesn't see herself necessarily in Quentin. Yes. And and it's because she's so focused on strictly trying to find out what happened to her brother. Yes. So when she finds this information out, she is so focused on, okay, well, he's not dead then. He could still be there. So she gets a sign from her brother, which was weird. Yes. Because it's all those little, like, glass horses is, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they go and try to find a spell to bring him where she some kind of spell to try to bring him back into the physical world but there's not an exact spell so she starts throwing things together and again it's similar to how her brother was able to you know really he was really smart and he was able to kind of do you know all these things to and pick it up i don't know you know where I'm going with this, and I'm saying everything wrong. He's modifying spells Thank you. to... Uh, <laughs> I can't use words. Thank answer, you, you know, to solve the problem. <laughs> yes, yes. And she's doing the same thing, where she's picking up all these different words. But she creates this, and I don't know what she called it. It was this little wooden thing that took her months to do, too, is what she was saying. Right. And it's supposed to, like, bind, I'm assuming, like, a spirit to it. Right. So... You know, she wasn't even going to bring it, but Quentin grabs it just in case. And they go to the fountain. Was that? I don't remember the name of the fountain. But wasn't that like a statue with, uh, was it? Oh, crap. It's Greek mythology. Yes. Ramus and Ramulus? That doesn't sound right. But I know it's a Greek mythology thing or Roman mythology. Right. Oh, God, I'm going to have to look it up. I'll have to post it in the in the notes of this episode <laughs> because I can't think of stupid mythology right now. It's not stupid. But, and it's like a never-ending uh, fountain. And so they go there, and they're trying to figure out uh, what to do. And Alice starts doing all these spells, and, and it was, first of all, pretty nuts because they start to see Charlie. Yeah. And right away, I don't know if you thought it was strange the way 
Charlie was acting? Oh, yeah. Okay, so not just me. No, no, no. As soon as he started in on on his sister, you knew that that wasn't really Charlie. Right. I was thinking it was like... um, uh, what did they call it? the beast trying to right mm-hmm. right and um, words words <laughs> God, I have to edit so much shit. Um, so uh, basically, as Charlie is turning on Alice, Quentin pulls out the Niffin box and thank you binds him to it. And she was just ticked though. Oh, she blew up. And I didn't understand why she was so mad and how she couldn't see that that wasn't her brother. Right. Yeah. That was a little hard to believe, too. She, I guess she knew that or at least thought that he wasn't going to be himself and that not only was she going to have to get him back in physical form, but bring his personality back, too. But But he was trying to kill her. And then when she was doing the spell faster and faster like he was excited because she was going to become like him mm-hmm. oh by the way that was Romulus, Romulus and Remus I was right <laughs> so yeah it's a weird weird thing with that um, she was so ticked off at Quentin and she ran off because she's like you don't know what you're talking about and I felt bad for him because all he's trying to do is help her and she just is so focused she can't see past it so she's like screw it I'm leaving Yeah. and again why are you leaving because you're mad at Quentin, because there's got to be another way. There's still probably hope, and you just don't want to see anything. So whatever, that's pretty much where Alice ends for the episode. Yes. But there's more with Quentin. Yes. Apparently, a book has gone missing in the physical cottage that must be retrieved. Which we seen who took the book last episode. Yes. And, uh... Miss Katie. Kind of interesting how they decided to find it. Yes. I didn't <laughs> know books were, uh, as intimate as they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, books can raise all sorts of emotions, apparently. Uh, apparently. But when they're, you know, a pair of books, apparently they really do pair up. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew this. No. All new to me as well. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they decide to find the book that's missing by using its companion. Yes. In a box. Which I love that. Jumping around and dragging them all over the place. Right. I just think, how fun was it? You know, because they obviously had to move the box. Yes. (laughs) But can you imagine the direction here? Okay. You have to pretend like something's trying to jump out of the box and you're almost going to drop it. <laughs> go. So they, they go off. Oh, wait. It was Quentin and... Um, Elliot. Thank you. I'm like, why do I blank on his name? And Elliot's just like, yeah, no big deal. Come on. We'll find it. Yeah. And they're just all of a sudden, they're back in Manhattan. I just like, do to do no big deal. And they find a bodega, but it had a mark on it because the, the book started going crazy. Crazy, yes. And he's like, you know... Oh, hedgewitches. <laughs> and they didn't really explain what it is, but then, no. like previously, but then he gave us a little insight, you know, it's that right. they're, they're like really low level magic users. Right. But did he say that it was, you know, these people couldn't get into break bills? I don't think he ever said that it was because they didn't get into break bills. Okay, he may have so intimated it, but. 
I don't think he actually said it. Okay. So we go in and, and I love, he's like, let me do the talking. And what he, was he talking in Spanish or was it? Yeah. He else? said something in Spanish. Yeah. And then they go back and, oh, Quentin comes face to face with somebody who hasn't seen in a little bit. Julia. Yeah. And I love it. She's like, what are you doing here? You know, like all ticked off. Now, granted, at this point, Julia really doesn't know what's going on. No, with she the, has no idea what's what's been going on with Quentin since she got booted out of break bills. And she's coming along in regards to magic, like doing all this stuff. And But is it just me or does she look like she's strung out? Yes, she's still looking very strung out. Okay. I'm like, I don't know if it's like taking a toll because she's not learning it in certain orders. Because like we had the the head head twitch. <laughs> I'm like, that just was going to come out weird. Yeah. Um, With all the tattoos. And then we see that Julia's actually got quite a few tattoos. Yeah, she's overdoing it and wearing herself out. And so they go in and, and, you know, Julia's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, what are you doing here? And like, well, we're looking for a book. And I love the, and I don't remember the guy who recruited Julia. Like they said his name once. I don't remember. But he's like, we don't have your book. And then poop out pops the book from the box that about (laughs) knocked Quentin over. And then here comes the other book flying out from wherever they had it squirreled away. Right. (laughs) And I love this moment because I, oh my gosh, I was just cracking up. Because the books had a little Barry White moment. You know, <laughs> turn on the music. And I, I love that the guy, the hedge witch, was like, are they, uh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're together. That's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you just don't know how magic works. <laughs> <laughs> so they collect their books to take them home together and i think it's pretty funny because nobody was gonna say anything i mean what were they gonna say oh we don't have your book oh wait they're pumping in the corner now all right fine we had the book right i mean how are you gonna dispute that with <laughs> that just happened and i kind of wanted one of them to actually say yeah that just happened uh, yeah welcome to magic <laughs> uh, but Julia is so mad. You know, they're leaving, and she's just so mad at Quentin. Yeah, she just lays into him, you know, that he hasn't even tried to get her back in to, to test again, and he's changed and just rips him a new one. All the time, you know, all the while we have, crap, what did you just say his name was? The guy Elliot. was Quentin. Elliot. <sighs> I'm going to write notes. Uh, standing there smoking a cigarette, just like, with his foot on the box. Yeah. Like like it's a you know drama that he's watching, which it kind of is. Quentin, he goes into this whole long spiel. Yeah, about how she shouldn't be messing with it and on and, how, and on and on. And it's like, right. whoa. And how she never like said anything to him. And she knew how he felt. And and I think that, I mean, I was, I was like, wow. I'm guessing this is some kind of exchange that has never happened between them. Right. Because he's never stood up for himself. Exactly. And so I was like, wow, this is rough. And I felt bad for Julia, actually, at this moment, as Quentin is, like, laying everything out there. And then Julia kind of comes back on him. But, you know, everything seemed to come easy, I guess, for Julia in the past because he makes a statement that, oh, my God, you have to realize that you don't win every time. Right. So I I think that was kind of like the punch in the gut for her. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of leave. 
And she stood there for just, you know, a few seconds, like kind of jaw hanging open. But I mean, as we see in this episode, she's doing stuff and just running herself ragged, lying to her. They're engaged, right? Yes. Her fiance. Okay. She's ignoring, I guess, her applications for school. Mm-hmm. And she's basically stealing because she's doing this thing at ATMs to get money out. Yeah. Somehow I don't think it's coming out of her own account. No. So it's like she can't see past the magic and see what she's actually doing that's bad and how she's ruining her relationship and everything else. And, you know, so I thought she was going to admit it to her fiancé. Right. No. (laughs) No. She's like, oh, I got addicted to Adderall. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, he thinks they're going to be going to, where was it, Yale, Princeton? Right, Yale. Yale, together. And, I mean, I think at this point, she's not going to do anything. No. And so, why she keeps saying it, or, I don't know, maybe lie and say you didn't get in after all. I I don't know. I don't think she really knows either, because she's losing all contact with reality yeah she's really losing control is what Mm -hmm. i feel like so we end her storyline for this episode with her getting a a text now i didn't see who it was did you no and you know she's leaving her fiance sleeping in bed to go to whatever is happening with this text which i'm assuming it's one of the hedge witches yes i'm sure it is so we go back to school for a little bit we find out that penny is psychic and he was pretty pissed about that yeah he really was but i don't understand why he was mad because he said it before Mm -hmm. so he goes to the i guess psychic house yes it seemed very hippie commune Uh uh-huh touchy-feely right (laughs) he's like don't touch me (laughs) And like the senior member, I guess, he's like, okay, that's for you to meditate. That's for this. This is to crank your power up to like 11. And then there's the bed. So after you're done crying and everything, you can lay down. And he's just looking at her like she's lost her mind. Uh And so he goes to sit to meditate. And all of a sudden he ends up in like, I thought he was in Japan or something. Yes, it was an oriental country. And I was like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) Exactly. And then next thing we know, we see him traveling, and I assume he's still somewhere in Manhattan, like maybe going to Chinatown or something. But it's almost like he's trying to hide because he's got a scarf over his head. But I didn't really understand the point of the scarf. And he ends up, like, he's getting to a road, and and the woman who has wiped everybody, super wiper, I guess, she stops and she's like, oh, hey, what's going on? Get in the truck. Mm-hmm. And he looked really surprised to see her. And we have the dean who, oh my gosh, I can't believe we failed to mention. He was in the beginning because he's up and about. Yes. And, and he's got glasses on and he's got like these little things on his hands, mm-hmm. I guess, like straighten out his fingers. But um, he's in the back of the truck too. And uh, uh, they, they're telling him that he was misplaced, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That uh, he's more than just psychic and they didn't realize it because it's so rare. Right. And it turns out he's a traveler. Mm -hmm. And I love it because they're like, okay, uh, we'll do one-on-ones because I know how to teach you. But it was so rare that it's hard to, I guess, figure out where that that's what he has. Right. And the dean who's like, all right, I need you to say yes if you want this because I can't see you. Because apparently, I mean, they put his eyes back in his head. but Right. They aren't working yet. Right. It's like, ooh, that's creepy. And, uh... (laughs) 
And he just seemed ticked. He's like, okay, what are we going to do? And see, this is where I was confused. That's why I assumed he was supposed to be in Manhattan. But when he says this next part, that's why I'm like, did he actually fly somewhere? Because he's like, what are we going to do? Drive back to break bills? Like right. really snotty? Because yeah, they, they were in Asia. I did That's, I mean, I honestly thought he was supposed to be in like Manhattan. And right. I'm like, where no, did he I, go? He never left. <laughs> he just yeah. found a city where he was, you know, where wherever he popped in at was not downtown Tokyo or anything. So uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. And then they're like, oh, no, we're already back. And he looks around, like, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, they're sitting in front of brake bills. And then they just kind of drive away in this, you know, crappy old truck. Like, okay, <laughs> bye. We'll see you later. <laughs> like, what the heck just happened? So it should be interesting what happens and where they go. Mm-hmm. And then what, the very last moment of the show is when uh katie like blows the door off the physical house and comes in yes and she was all ticked and they're just sitting there drinking (laughs) so i think that's about everything with uh episode three yeah did we miss something i feel like i'm missing something did miss out on the um little uh confrontation between penny and uh quentin Oh, right. But I was confused <laughs> with that because Penny was just mad because because he can hear people. Yes, he can hear their thoughts and had tried and to tell Quentin not to project. And what was he? He was doing um, Taylor Swift like singing Taylor Swift. <laughs> and I love it. And then Quentin's like, I'm not doing Taylor Swift. And then he's like, he's just got like a heavy breath. <laughs> and then he, he walks around. To- Right, but he walks like behind a tree. Like, behind that's the tree make a that difference. he was sitting at. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hit me. You got to. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yes. But, okay. I knew there was something. I'm like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Yeah, Taylor Swift, apparently. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, anything else on episode three that you want to cover? I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we're starting to see, you know, I'm sure Alice will be back. You know, I hope so. She's got this, you know, bending light power. Um, you've got Penny as a traveler, and Quentin, Quentin is, still is still TBD to yeah, what his I was specialty just say is. That. <laughs> I'm gonna be like too V determined. Yes, so I, I, I think can we see are... this kind of building the core, and probably Elliot. I'm thinking Elliot and Margot. I think are gonna be. Really important what's coming. Right. And the Beast will take advantage of Julia. Oh, yeah. I totally believe that. Yeah. So the next confrontation between Julia and Quentin ought to be a real knockdown, drag out magic fight. (laughs) But I don't want things to go bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All righty. So don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because good ratings and reviews help other fans find us. Tell your friends. And hopefully everyone's enjoying the podcast. Uh, anything that you want to hear that we haven't covered, you know, we want to hear from you, of course. Fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com or head over to fangirlzone.com. You can click on one of the links to do the, you know, to contact us. We're on Twitter. We're on, well, on Twitter under Jetta528. Um, we're on Facebook under Fangirlzone. Steve and I are often tweeting during the shows. Yes, like we I are. said, I'm on Twitter, Jetta Five Two Eight. Steve under Twitter, you're on. You're at, at Sal, you're Steve. And of course, we're also over at Hollow Nine, so you can hear it both on Fangirl Zone and Hollow Nine. This, but if there's anything you guys want us to talk about in regards to new sci-fi shows coming up, 
definitely shoot us a message because that way we can always have you on the show too. That's right. There's so many new sci-fi shows coming on. Yeah, Shannon Chronicles, Colony is both of those shows are really good. Yes, and actually I will be talking about some of those very soon. Or if there's anything else out there that you want to you want to just hear us talk about at all in one of our upcoming shows that is not necessarily on sci-fi. But we will be talking about a lot of TV. So, you know, hit us up, fangirlzone.com. We want to know what you want to hear. Or if you want to be on, like I said, uh, this is actually how we got a couple people who will, will be joining us on these future podcasts. Uh, they were fans originally, and they came on a couple shows, and they started a podcast with us. So we want you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Uncle Fangirl wants you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess that's it for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk. Till next week. So, bye, everybody. Until next time.